1: Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a 5-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the Fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience.
0: Are hey, you done yet? We got to start the show mm mm-hmm.
2: fans welcome back to the black and gold hockey podcast this is episode 226 we're recording on may 9th 2021 and this show is uh sponsored by betonline.ag please go to betonline.ag and use that code clns50 for a sweet welcome bonus after you uh sign up for a free account and uh, make your first deposit uh we have a huge show huge show uh this week uh, we're going to talk about the upcoming games. We're going to talk about Kasha return, and uh, is he the Bruin savior? I think not. Uh, we're also going to talk about the 2021 NHL playoffs that are around the corner. But before we do that, I want to welcome in my co-host. After a hiatus from both of us, we apologize for that last week, but things had to be done. I'll get into it later. But Heather Ingerson, welcome back,
1: my friend. How are you? I am all right, Mark. How are you? I hope you had a good week. Yes. How was your week? It's it's.
2: It's, it almost seems repetitive for me to say that it's always busy and it's probably now cliche that, it, that I say that but uh, it is it's crazy and um, being a new business owner uh, since 2020 uh, in August, um, tax season has now been a new stress season. So, uh, I mean, my taxes on my regular 40 are not that bad. It's so easy. But um, this is, uh, you have to account for everything. You have to present everything. And um, and trying to do it without raising red flags has been a challenge. So, uh, I needed a break last week to get everything in order. I do have an appointment with my accountant. So, it's it just, it just got to be a little too much and um, possibly a little too much Pink Whitney one night. And, uh, you know, things happen. So, no, but I'm good. Uh, you know, it's just, it is what it is. But the Bruins are buzzing. Uh, it's kind of like an up and down uh, roller coaster um, leading to the end of the season. But we'll get into it. Uh, but before we do get into that, I do want to talk about those awesome people over at betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag has the fastest and easiest ways to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sports betting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, the NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's c l n s 50 betonline.ag online sports book experts and uh yeah i took a a beating on the uh on the uh kentucky derby last week i i did not do good
1: uh horse racing
2: (laughs) Hey, listen i like betting money and i like to uh tweak the odds a little bit to see if i can uh double my my you know my funds on certain different avenues Uh, i kind of like i'm not a mathematician or anything like that and but like if one horse wins it'll cover my five other choices that i did you know what i'm saying it's just kind of worked but it didn't work out at all none of my five top five came in and won but uh there's a little bit of controversy i heard the the uh the uh the winner has been uh tested and it, it, it was doped So we'll see what happens with that in the future. I did tweet something out with a picture, but anyway, we're not talking about horse racing. We do (laughs) love betonline.ag though, but we are talking hockey. And uh, let's just, uh, let's step away from the hockey talk for a moment. Yeah, I forgot to ask you, how are you doing? This is uh, I'm, crazy.
1: <laughs> I'm doing okay. Um, <laughs> I actually was going to say, uh, I want us, before we get too far into and we start going off on, I'm sure we'll be a few tangents. Sorry. Get ready. There will be probably a few Inga rants at some point. I apologize. Uh, I think it's important right now to all our listeners out there, there, happy Mother's Day to everyone, all the fierce ladies out there kicking butt, <laughs> taking names, and I'm not just talking... I know that now we live in a world where it's like, well, hey, I'm the mommy and the dad or the dad. No, there are Mother's Day and there's Father's Day. And I totally respect you if you take on both parts, but our days are our day. And that doesn't just go for if you're your birth mom, because I have plenty of women I know in my life. I'm sure you can. Um, It's been a long time since we've had Mother's Day with my mother. Love her. Like I I tweeted earlier, it couldn't have been easy raising a girl that wanted to grow up and be... Jesse, the body Van or like Wes Craven and also all the dance lessons, soccer. Like, I just, I was thinking, but, um, you know, but for all the mothers out there, also the women that influence you, your, you know, whatever your teachers, your neighbor, your mom, your best friend's mom, whoever, all, all the women out there raising a fierce generation of women and passing it on and just don't get thanked enough. So I want to thank you on behalf of being a mother because I had a mother and I watch all these other mothers figure out how to do all of it. Moms really do have a superpower that I don't think people understand that they have. So happy Mother's yep. Day, ladies. I hope you get treated like you should. And uh, it's all right to say because you spend most of your time being humble about all that you do to say, hey, you know what? I, di- I am doing all right. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Mark.
2: Yeah, shout out to my mother, Kathy. Um, I hope she's doing well and and uh, you know doing the 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 health healthy thing and so on because uh, I haven't seen her in a while too. I haven't seen my dad in a while, so we're waiting for that final vaccination shot. And then I'm you know for me the world's back, so yeah, I'm kind of pumped. But uh, yeah, shout out to all the ladies, uh, mothers. Uh, every everything that you guys do is important in life, and it all starts with you. So. Um, you know, uh, hopefully you're all safe and, uh, and doing the, the celebration of, uh, of your day appropriately. So we love you. And
1: like, and like you said, hopefully there's a lot of moms out there this year that get to celebrate their mother's day with other moms that in their lives that they didn't get to last year. And really with vaccination stuff, maybe there's lucky people out there and things opening up. You can go out and actually have a mother's day meal this year. Unlike last year, we've come so far.
2: Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Okay, right, so that
0: being so,
2: means- said, yeah, we do have a GoFundMe account uh, for a a, a, a long time listener, and um, and he's one of the uh, three over. Well, sometimes he's one of the three when he shows up. Uh, Nestor hashtag Believe in Nesty, um, His girlfriend's family uh, went through a pretty tough time a couple weeks ago. Uh, the house burnt down. They lost some pets. A uh, very, very unfortunate um, event that happened uh, to the Russells, but um, because we know Nesty and and Nestor, and uh, we're good buds with the uh, Dump and Change Hockey podcast that he is a part of sometimes. Um, uh, we we wanted to uh, to see if we can reach and, and try to get um, some more money involved because they, they absolutely have nothing. Uh, they lost everything. So um, if you could, please go to gofundme.com/slash Russell Relief Fire Fund and donate whatever you can, whether it be 10, 20, 30, 50, 100. Anything matters right now, and 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 uh, our Black and Gold Productions uh, LLC company donated a hundred dollars in the name of everybody. So the writers, us, that's all us going to them because we we certainly care about Nesty and his girlfriend and the family. So uh, mm-hmm. trying to help out. but uh, so far twenty thousand dollars has been raised, raised, which mm-hmm. is absolutely awesome. But keep it coming, um, if you can, you know, if you happen to go to betonline.ag and use that code CLNS fifty and you double your bet put a hundred dollars towards my friend. It'd be great. His, and, and, uh, and his girlfriend's family. So we'd certainly appreciate that. So shout out to those guys over the and change and shout out to Nestie's girlfriend and family. Hopefully things get better. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really huge when a hockey community like this comes together and we can just try to help out the most, but it, the most important thing is getting the message out there. So whatever you guys could do, we'd certainly appreciate it. Much love. Yeah.
1: That's all we can do is just try to pass on the word and try to get, you know, as many people involved. But really, we it's hard. It's a very hard thing, I'm sure. And, none you know, you can't really know what they're going through. But any little bit helps, you know, to help rebuild it. And like you said, things will get better, even if it doesn't feel like it right now, you know. So if you can help, help and uh, love and hope, you know, things are at least moving forward the best they can, you know.
2: Speaking of helping out, we have teamed up with the great folks at the uh, draft tournament. Now, let me explain this to you guys. The draft tournament is a draft. Uh, is a uh, is a hockey tournament. It's like a beer league. Every, the beer leagues get together in certain areas of the world. Uh, COVID times have really shortened the list, but man, there's like an impressive list of uh, fifteen North American cities and a couple over in Europe that these guys travel to, and they orchestrate just people getting together, having fun, and playing hockey. So um, it's coming to Boston on June 4th to the 6th at the Warrior Ice Arena. And there's six spots left to sign up. But our Black and Gold Hockey podcast listeners and readers to our blackandgoldhockey.com website can win a free spot. If you live in New England or you're willing to travel, man, get in on this. If you're a beer leaguer, it's awesome. It's 18 plus to play, but it's 21 plus to get really involved in the uh, in the alcoholic beverages and really have a really good time with, uh, with uh, some great folks that – you know, have a passion about hockey. And we have a link in the show notes that if you want to click that link, sign up, you could win a free um, entry into this tournament. Uh, you have to buy your own airline. Your travels is on your own and lodging is on your own. So, But the entry to participate is free if you go to the website in the show link from the draft um tournament that's coming to boston but uh, it's it, the the every player receives a friday night draft party so you go you drink beers and you get drafted by a team uh there's five games three round robin and two playoffs every team makes it to a championship game uh a new jersey pants and hockey socks to keep and a t-shirt that is totally unique to the 2021 Boston Draft Tournament. This, uh, it's a theme thing. So it's uh, this, this year's theme. It's annual. This is the fifth time these guys are coming to Boston. It's the Irish Draft League. So it's all about Irish and drinking and, and having fun. But the price is $4.99 per player. But if you go to the link in the show notes, you could possibly win that. That, that fee is now waived because you won and you could be a part of it, but save $50. So it's, um, four forty nine per player. Uh, the hotel is the residence in Boston. It's 550 for a single room, 270 for a double room and, uh, 180 for a triple room when you share with other people. So, uh, it's a really good time, um, from, what I've heard from several different people, but we're working with them. So, um, Get involved. If you like hockey, you like beer league play, and you like meeting people that are passionate about the sport too, get involved. But uh, shout out to the draft tournament for reaching out to us. And uh, we might be covering that event uh, this this June. So that should be fun. But anyway, that is done. Let's get to the hockey talk, shall we, Heather?
1: Okay, I guess we shall. Well, before we get into last week's games, um, I thought that – this was important that we maybe get into it's been going around, but um, there is a house resolution uh, house resolution to uh, 2504 uh, is to try and get Willie O'Ree, who we all know and love and is obviously the first black player to play in the NHL uh, recognition for his contributions to hockey and uh, not just hockey, the sport, but also provide it, trying to uh, create a environment of inclusion, diversity, and recreational opportunity. So multi layered for all is awesomeness. Um, what we need to do is, you can do this a couple ways. If you go to nhl.com slash Bruins slash community, you'll see the information about how to, the best way we can do is to inundate are congress people with this is why willie should get the congressional medal of honor so the congressional medal of honor is awarded to someone whose contributions to whatever their path was so in this case hockey that is recognized above and beyond they've when that happened right so that's great you are a great runner in 1927 But if you didn't continue to impact that area and people didn't still recognize it. So my thing is, Willie O'Ree is beloved by two countries because he, after all, is Canadian. He played for our Bruins, so that's why we really want to bring it up. But I think it's insane that we don't recognize the first person to break the color barrier in the uh, professional hockey in North America. You know, um, yes, just like we have the Negro leagues happened in the States. It wasn't the same as when Jackie Robinson played in the MLB, you know, like we need to recognize these things. So I think that as a hockey community, it would be great if uh, you can go very easy on Twitter. If you see the hashtag Willie for the gold, if you retweet it, tag your Congress people, senators, whoever your host, feel free to do like I live in Massachusetts. It's not that many. You can feel free to harass all, members of your congressional block that sit there, uh, but spread the word. And if you go to nhl.com slash slash community, they have like a nice little, um, you know, uh, what is it called? Oh, what's that thing? It's a template, like, you know, for an email that you could send or whatever else. So anybody get involved because will you Reed, there have been people who have been awarded things, uh, by Congress and this nation, that deserved it far less than this man probably does because he really, beyond being just the first black player, he truly does. He means a lot to changing the environment of it doesn't matter where you come from. Every kid should have an opportunity to have, be involved in what they want to be in everybody. You know, we learn more about each other if we come together as a community and there's more diversification and he works very hard for that as an ambassador Um, in the NHL, but just anybody who ever talks about them said like Willie is Willie and he lives this, you know, this is Willie. And that's why he's perfect to be the role model he is now. And I thought it was interesting because Keenan Thompson, we all know Keenan Thompson actor, mighty ducks, la la la, you know, comedian. He had said, Willie's the role. I didn't know who he was when I was growing up, even as a kid that went on to play, you know what I mean? So, um, but he should have, and that's important, I think too. So, that's passionate to me. Everyone do it. Also, Willie's awesome, and he deserves it. Let's get him recognition for his civilian contributions to the betterment of our nation. Thank you very much. Sorry. That's Absolutely. My, that's my Absolutely. PSA. It was a little more messy than I thought it was going to be, but.
2: That's all right. I uh, love Willie. love what he does, and it and, and definitely needs to be recognized, um, but let's get to some hockey talk, eh?
1: All right. It all started Monday, May 3rd when we beat the Jersey devils, I was a little nervous because it was like, though we're getting close to being able to clinch for the playoffs. So, you know, that means we're going to lose to New Jersey after, like you said, <laughs> we've been hot, cold, hot, cold, you know what I mean? Like brilliant yeah. there. So anyways, yeah. Um, We won three to nothing. We had Brad Marsh on got his 800th game for the bees, which is a big deal. Like, I, the, the kids are all grown up you know uh but anyways nick ritchie who everybody loves uh not me but everybody else been dead his stuff from zaboro and corrali in the second Marshawn from i mean bergeron from Marshawn and grizzlik from Marshawn and bergeron in the third and tuka rask i believe was in yet yeah and he got a shutout was that him or swayman
2: Nick Ritchie, Nick Ritchie's 14th goal was in the second period. Mm-hmm. Patrice Bergeron's 20th was in the second period and Matt Grizzlick scored in the third period, his fifth.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I wrote it down
2: it's, wrong. It's all right. Um, yeah. So it's really good to have uh, Bergeron on a nice little streak of 20 goals. I'm not sure exactly what number that is. I thought it was 12. Uh, it could be more, uh, but no, it's, that's awesome uh, for him because he's just a, he's just a warrior and, you know, uh, just a, a, the tip, a prototypical freaking uh, hockey player, in my opinion, uh, when you talk about ambassadors of the game and kindness and the way to, re- you know, just out, outright respect. So,
1: yeah, all day long. He um, is awesome, but I thought it was a good game because I didn't feel like they played down to New Jersey, which we always get nervous that they do when we play teams like that. Uh, so overall, mm-hmm. like an actual solid when you like, yes, we know we should beat them, but we don't You always, you know, Jersey knows how to beat us well. And also they have pretty good young goaltender there. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, he's going to be tough in the future playing it. It's going on there. All right. uh, We played New Jersey again because, you know, we had nothing else doing on May 4th.
2: That game on Monday clinched the playoff spot.
1: I know I, I was going to get to that. After. I thought we'd talk about the second Jersey game first and then talk about how we clinched against Jersey, which is good. We still don't know quite where we're going to land necessarily right in placement. There's um, Pittsburgh won the division. We know that. Uh, any thoughts on, you know, if we can get through the next two games, where are we landing?
2: No, oh, i just it's it's good that we clinched uh I finally get it locked down but this is not a time to um to step off of the gas uh get higher in your seed um and just keep working uh, i don't think this is a and a, a time where we should be incorporating more assets to our lineup to I mean, I think chemistry is pretty decent. I mean, we're going to talk about it later on in the week. It's a, it's like a roller coaster, but still, it's good to clinch and um and and get in for the. I think this is the fifth straight year with with Bruce, or I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, because I don't think we've missed the playoffs since that right. year before. It, like everything turned over in the coaching staff and stuff. All right. We looked like we were going to, but yeah, I mean. Bruce, they're doing fire. I mean, I, I'm not We're everyone's going to argue all day long about what the lineup should look like. You know what I mean? That's neither yeah. here nor there. The important thing is it doesn't really matter who's in the lineup as long as they all do their job and they win because they are looking a lot better than they were a month ago as for a team that could maybe, maybe get out of the first two rounds of the playoffs. Not because like we kept saying, not because they don't, they've had the talent now where before it was the way they were playing. It was nervous. They might not make the playoffs. And even if they did, like, you don't want to get just punched out in the first round, like nothing. You want to be able to compete, but they do look like an entirely different team. We do still have players coming in and out though. So hopefully that will settle down in the next two games, the last two games, which we'll talk. We have two more and they're, they're big games. The last two games, it's not like we're, kind of wish we were playing Buffalo the last two games kind of situation, you know, <laughs> Yeah, no kidding uh, in there. But uh, anyways, we lost to Jersey the next night, four to three. in what I thought was a pretty sucky game overall for play for this team. I think they left Yaroslav. That was Yaroslav's game, right? I think they left to assure there's some that you need to get, but there's also when you leave your goaltender high and dry defense was, it was, it was sloppy. New Jersey deserved to win that game. Um, Bergeron scored a power play goal, which is good because we've been struggling on the power play. Uh, from Pasta and Grizz, uh, Taylor Hall scored from Grizzly and Creechie. And Corrali finally got himself on the board. Yeah, we've been yeah. asking him to do a little more, and he did from Pasta and Riley. But overall, I don't know if you agree. I would say that the Devils owned our asses in that game most of the game, and we once again had great late heroics that made it kind of exciting and a chance that we uh might be able to win but we did not.
2: Yeah, it's uh the these these are games that you need. You, you, it doesn't matter if you're back to back or not. How I just don't understand the the Jekyll and Hyde of um you know, you you get a shutout against this team one night and then barely show up to get a point the next night. And, and it's, it's very, very similar to what happened later on in the, in the week when we talk about the last two games, uh, mm-hmm. even though there was a bit of separation. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But um, no, I just thought that this was a game that they could have uh, done much better against. And and why does it seem like we're making heroes out of every backup in this freaking division? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, come on. We should be exposing these guys. These guys aren't regulars. They're being circulated in the lineup um, because of injuries and fatigue or whatever. Uh, it's just, we need to be better uh, yeah. and put it that way. And when the playoffs and you, and you need that grinding style and you need to be an offensive threat to, um, you know, create gaps when you, when you uh, might have a couple of weaknesses, let get on board here. This is the time to do it because if you, if you bring this game, if you bring this game we're talking about right now and the game we're going to be talking about later into a first round playoff series, get the golf clubs up boys. Cause it's not going to last long.
1: It, and it makes me nervous too, because we are not, we're a very strange team. And I understand the team has changed. You know, it's not necessarily the same players, but just as a makeup, the Bruins don't always, they have one or two reactions when they get down. So like, say you're in the first round, you play a couple shitty games, right? And you, you, they either step up and hammer you or they just like they did last year versus Tampa Bay after they, they just wilt and go away. Like they'd rather be golfing than be there. And I need them to be more the resilient team, but I still need them to play 60 minutes of hockey. Like that, again, New Jersey deserved to win that game. And I know it took till overtime, but they had won pretty much. We had, again, moments of really greatness, you know, whatever. It wasn't a lot of stupid penalties or anything that might've led to it. It just... Sloppy play, which again is confusing, even on a back to back, you're like you did you, you didn't go anywhere. I mean, you stayed there. There was no travel involved or anything like that. Like it was the same team, basically. but we need them to not be like that. But then on Thursday, and we got the Rangers on the back end of a back to back, which we'll talk about later on. but, Jeremy Swayman gets himself a shout out. Also, this is going in. We were going into the, our last home stretch. We had the two games versus the Rangers. So, Jeremy Swayman and the Bruins, shout out the New York Rangers, which we like to see. Now, like you said, now on Tuesday, you're like, mm, what is going on? On Thursday, we looked like the Bruins again. Everyone was, you know, checking, everyone, you know, whatever, trying to control. Defense looked pretty solid. Uh, and you know, that makes me nervous, anyways. Uh, but overall, I think it was a good game. Uh, we had what Bergeron scored, McAvoy got a power play goal, yeah, and Debrusque got on the board, yay, Jake Debrusque. Yes, DeBrus. yes yep. that was a big thing. Jake Debrusque looked like Jake Debrusque Thursday. Can I just yep. say that out loud? He Absolutely. looked. And I felt sad. That was the day he had the um, press conference. He had like the morning media. And like, I felt for him. Remember, we kept saying there must be something, even if it's psychological. Same thing with Charlie Coyle. Like, something's going on. And I felt for that kid. You know what I mean? When he was saying, yeah. you know, it's hard. Like, you know, you. but he bounced back. And he also Saturday, even though we'll get to that, didn't look so good. But I thought overall a good game. Oh, Brandon Carlo, too. We didn't even mention
2: Brandon. Great game. Brandon Collins back, baby. Welcome back, sir. Just what we needed. You know, the the defense is is all coming together. It's starting to get healthy. It's a really good time to um, start gelling. Um, And obviously, you know, it is the Rangers. They're a down team. They're not making the playoffs. We get it. But still, it, it's, it's, you don't take the uh, foot off the gas. You really don't. And this is a game that they didn't. They pretty much owned a lot of it. Um, there was some times there was some downplay, but still it just you may, they made up for it in the long run. Um, but, no, great to see uh, Carlo get on the board. That's a confidence booster moving into the playoffs. And, and obviously, Dabrowski De- and everything that he's going on. And, and, you know, suck it, haters. Seriously, haters, haters, haters. You know, yeah. you guys only see the what's going on on TV and so on, and 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 what's being written in the in articles. But take a step outside of that. Just think about the humanity factor. That this it might be still an uncomfortable situation for a lot of people. They're locked in. You go to work and you go home. I know we're pretty much doing that now, but still, the kid. He's 20 years old. He's very adventurous. I'm sure that he's, you know, sick and tired of the only person outside of the Boston Bruins team that he has any acknowledgement with. There's a freaking DoorDash guy that's delivering his food to his freaking condo. Hmm. You know? I mean, it's tough on everybody. Stop with the the hate. Think about humanity over the freaking act on the on the ice. I'm I'm sure if, if this was any other time, it'd be a little different for Jake Debross, but Wagner was struggling with it earlier in the season. I mean, we know what's going on. So have some, have some respect for uh, the humanity factor, please. Don't be a piece of trash.
1: Yeah, I
2: Sorry. I do have
1: an issue with that. Um, I have an issue with um, the fact, and even if you just put it in context of like, it's not like everyone on the bottom six has been playing like superstars too, like comparatively. And we'll get into that obviously because. I'm kind of in defensive mode a little bit on him, but um, it was good to have him back. And like I said, Thursday, he looked like Jake DeBrusque, like whatever he seemed to more comfortable to himself. And that's good. And I don't know if maybe just maybe he hasn't said anything to anybody and he's saying it out loud. And like the team's kind of like, you know, like they, obviously they know something's going on, buddy. You can, you know, but his big brothers maybe came together and like, got him, you know, like this is it. You're, it's almost like, you know, you know, sometimes they're really looking for each other. You're looking for Sean Corelli, You're looking for Jake DeBrus. You want Charlie Coyle to get the puck in the net. You want, uh, if Trent Frederick gets popped in, you want him to get an assist or a point just because that's, it's like affirmation of like, I am an elite athlete. That's why I'm here. I'm not, you know, and especially I think the younger guys, because the older guys I think can shut it off. Like, so whatever hate, like say there was hate coming to Patrice Bergeron. He can go home to his wife and shut it off. He's old enough. Like he doesn't need to, but these young kids, they live in the online world where they almost can't. It's part of their life so much they they can't just put it down and walk away and they can't not see it and everyone always says this for every ten thousand positive comments people don't focus on the positive ones That's that one negative one oh. that they, that you're gonna remember and some of the hate you know it's sometimes it's warranted like we always say with Tuca right yeah sometimes some of it's warranted but there's a reason there's a difference between having a reasonable discussion about difficulties and going overboard to the point of like this, you know, saying things that aren't even true necessarily. So uh we right. outshot the shit though. Uh, like we had twice as many shots as the Rangers did. So whatever happened on the Tuesday game, we definitely had better defense come the Thursday game yeah. clearly with the thing. And Jeremy Swayman, he's just, yeah.
2: he's, a, he's amazing. Made 15, 15 saves. Off. It was a light, light game for him. Very, mm-hmm. uh, very defensive, uh lockdown. They didn't get, the Rangers didn't get a lot by this defense to get to Swayman. So it made it a very easy night for him, but still, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good on him, good on his development. And, and, you know, these experiences are huge for him and he's just, he's just the type of goaltender that really takes it into stride and just, you know, uh, he's so mature. I mean, like, like they were talking about on the, on the uh, broadcast last night that some of these kids are like just so mature in college they getting the maturity in college and just coming right into the professional levels, very acclimated and ready to go. You know, it's just, it's very, uh, very good to have, but. um,
1: Yeah, no, it was a good game. Um, We had one more, our last game of the year, last home game fan appreciation game handed out the rest of the internal awards, which we'll talk about later on. But first of all, NHL, what the hell with the three o'clock start times three yeah. o'clock. It's the weirdest time. It's like not morning or night. Like it's ugh. that was one thing in the bubble when you had to play at eleven a.m. But like three, you made a conscious decision on a Saturday to make them play at three o'clock. Two East Coast teams. What's wrong with one o'clock or five o'clock? Three o'clock? That's just ridiculous. I'm sorry, uh, but we lost to the Rangers, and again in a game, I don't think it was the same as Tuesday. And that we definitely deserved to lose that game. But again, the worse the Rangers were more prepared for us. <laughs> On Saturday, than they were on Thursday, definitely. And, and they've had a week. We're gonna like good. We beat them. Good for them. They beat us because they've had a long weekend. Maybe they needed that on that Saturday. But what did you see? Uh, What's I, most I'm
0: frustrating
2: like, is is the, the fact that this Boston Bruins team had a day of rest, and yeah. and you you came out and you've won four to nothing in one night. Have a d- whole day of rest. You practice, whether it be a a, um, a scheduled practice or not. But you come out and and I'm sorry, but uh, the third period was terrible, absolutely terrible. You gave up. That was it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but freaking Bruce Cassidy was not happy in his in his uh, in his post game press conference, saying that exactly everybody was just not dialed in. They checked out uh, way before that game was over. And um, sorry, but. That cannot happen. You cannot have games like that when the season is almost over. And the worst part about it is the defense was healthy. Now we have an idea of what we're going to see from the defense moving forward into a playoff series with potentially two really good teams in this um, mass mutual division that's not something I'm, I'm evaluating very well right now. It's not sitting in my stomach very good about what, what we're going to look like in the postseason If you come out with, with shit that like that, and I'm sorry, but that's unacceptable. Um, and you, you got to be better. And if you don't, let's use these last two day games that we're going to talk about uh, later on as, as, as times to prepare. This is your like limited post season, I mean, limited preseason for the postseason. So, Let's uh, let's all be, by, buy in and uh, play a sixty-minute
1: effort, please. Jesus. Yeah. Tomorrow they have to start playing playoff hockey tomorrow because these two teams that you're playing could very well uh, be who you're seeing come yeah. um, the weekend, anyways. Uh, however, it falls out. We know Pittsburgh's number one, but we're still fighting it out for. Are we going to be second? Are we going to be third? Are we? You know, it's not only are the points important. With on one hand, because I love defense, it's making me nervous because I've seen two games this week where they once yesterday there was a goal that it was it was for Bruins fault not Tukas that a goal was scored you know what I mean like you're fucking try to knock the puck down help your goaltender why are you all in this wet like uh, and I'm not a goaltender but I just feel like I again like if you play street hockey or something I tend to play defense if you're not helping your goaltender you're hurting them Get the fuck out of their way if you're not going to be helpful. Sometimes you're trying to help and things happen. I understand that. Things bounce off. You know, a goal gets scored off your leg, or whatever. But yesterday there was at least one goal that it was everybody but Tuca Rass fault, right? That needs to stop. I will on the flip side say, though, defense also hasn't played together since like February. Like our actual people who are supposed to start. Grizz. Uh, Lozon, whatever, Zaboro, Miller, whoever. I do want to mention Kevin Miller did get a goal uh, yesterday. Uh, it was the same people got on the board as the game before, uh, even though we lost. Uh, Bergeron scored, you know, Krejci had a couple of assists or whatever. Marshawn had some points. Pastanak, uh, which we talked about was his, we'll talk about in a minute, gets his uh, 200. Keandre Miller scored, not Kevin. Oh, yeah. Keandre, I did you need to play playoff hockey Monday and Tuesday because they're going to come play playoff hockey Monday and Tuesday. And it does no good. If you have shots on that, you know, again, there was a few times where it's the too much passing. Don't make a decision. Like don't hold the puck, shoot it. Dirty goals are where most goals are scored. Just make it happen. And that's when it's just so weird to me, how you can still this late 56 games into a shortened season, even with injuries or anything else, how do you still look like Jekyll and Hyde as a team? How do you how do you not again? So defense, all right, things have adjusted a little. Carlos back in the lineup this week. That's and but that that's what makes me nervous. So I would like to see them win both games handedly, but they can't. But I'm sick of saying for the last like eight years, 60 minutes of hockey boys, 60 minutes, not the first 20 and the last 20. Not the first 40 and not the last 10, because that's exactly what yesterday's game was, right? The last four minutes, they had a flurry of like excitement, and it's not exciting. That was your last home game. You should have trucked the fucking Rangers, especially after you beat them on Thursday. So anyways, go ahead. What's no, you you go moving ahead. on to? You know what I'm moving on to? The Blue Chew ad, because we have not yet talked about our awesome sponsor, Blue Chew, a partner uh, that's trying to help you have the best sex you can possibly have. So we all know that sometimes though, things aren't necessarily working for whatever reason down where it counts when you get down where it counts. You know what I mean? So I want to tell you about Blue Chew, which is the first chewable that has the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Uh, You can take it anytime, day or night. So whenever something, something might be happening, all you need to do is take your Blue Chew. It's made in the USA, and it's prescribed online by licensed physicians, and you don't even have to go to the doctor or wait in line, which is super convenient, and it's even cheaper than a pharmacy. They ship it to you in discreet packaging, so no one else has to know. I don't know why we're still embarrassed to talk about ED. It happens. It's something that happens. That's why we have a Bluetooth-type thing for that. Um, there's no awkwardness, though, so your neighbors aren't looking at you, anything like that. Um, and it's helpful. But the good news is is that if you go to bluechew.com, blue like the color, and you put in promo code black and gold, all caps, black and gold, you can get your order for free. You just pay $5 for shipping and handling and that will help you when you're trying to score. You know what I'm saying? Like and it could be in your head, but everybody needs a little help all the time. So do yourself a favor. Go to bluechew.com, click where the promo code is put in black and gold, and then you'll get your shipment for free, just $5 in shipping and handling. That way you can, you know, instead of getting knocked out in the first round, maybe you can raise the cup and everybody can have a celly and feel good and get a good night's rest. That's it. That's the Blue Chew. Thank you, Blue Chew, for tolerating me every week and uh, wherever my crazy brain goes with your ad read. So, Thank you. Blue Chew, do it. Do it for yourself. Again, people, don't be embarrassed. Isn't it better to have good sex than it is to worry about that you have to take Blue Chew? Like, I mean, do it. Do it for yourself. Also, they're physicians. Talk to them about it. They're medical, but don't just listen to me. Talk to a medical professional. They'll let you know how to, you know, what will help and stuff. And you can get all the information about the product. You know, there's a lot of things, medication. I get us nervous, but don't be like, Oh, I don't want to talk about it. You know, it's like when you're a teenager and nobody wants to buy the condoms. Well, if you can't go in and get the condoms, you don't deserve to use. Need to use the condoms. So same thing here. Just because you're having, everyone deserves good sex. I'm just saying. Just because it might be weird to you, you can do it. Just like Mark, when I wasn't hearing thing and he had to do the Bluetooth ad read. Maybe it was awkward, that was but fun. He awesome. I was like, <laughs> dude, he's doing so good. What was he? You know what I mean? How'd I end up doing this? He sounds better than I do. So the
2: power of edit. <laughs>
1: All right, But thank you, Blue Chew. In yes. all seriousness, thank you. I hope you yes. stay on Thank you,
2: Blue Chew, for sponsoring this episode.
1: Yeah. All right. All right. We're, we're right. We're moving on. Where are we moving on to? You're like, I don't know. You're the one who's in charge of all that. So yeah. we have talked about these games, but we're going to maybe talk about some individual things with the team now. But we're going to start with our studs and duds. So for the week, as we always do studs and duds of the week for you. I had a hard time with my dud this week, I think.
2: I thought oh. we were talking about David past the next 200th goal.
1: Oh, I thought we were talked about that when it happened. So go ahead. How did you feel when David past got his 200th goal?
2: That yeah, was good. Good for him. He's uh, he obviously had a great, great career, a great ambassador of the game, a lot of fun. Um, you know, he just continues to uh, get these accolades going and, um, no, it's awesome. I just, um, uh, I I I can't wait for the future of this kid, and I hope we, I hope he retires of Bruin because he's just so good for this team.
1: Yeah, no, he he's fun. It it took him a little bit, right? He's been sitting there at 199 for a little. Not that he hasn't had any production, uh, but it took him a little bit to actually get the 200th goal. Um, it's just he's done it so fast. Now he's the youngest player to ever have done it. Right? He just passed ba- Bobby Orr. Yeah, And he's only, I mean, he's up there with some pretty elite company on how fast it got done. You know, the Ovechkins and Crosby's of the world and stuff. So, I mean, just good for him to keep going through. And I'm glad, I'm glad to see too, that even though it took him a while to get his 200th goal, he, he never really got into that total disappearing pasta mode. He still was getting an assist. He was still in the play, which is good for him. And it shows a lot of growth for him. You know what I mean? He's really growing up as a player and, just exciting for him. I mean, he is the future of this franchise unless we mess it up somehow, or he does. And I'm happy to, uh, we've watched a lot of history. It's, it's weird that these players in 20 years, you know, will get to have said we saw Bergeron play and stuff. I was thinking the other day, can you imagine there was a time where we had Krejci, Bergeron, Mark Savard, and Phil Kessel just, like, as a base of, like, point producers on this. Team. It's like yeah. insane to think. But like Paz is the next, you know, I mean, he's not the next Bergeron, but like he's going to be the next face and if everything works out the way everyone thinks it will. and I just well, think
2: that this stat, this stat is pretty amazing when you, when you look at it. In 437 career games, he has 426 points. That's just, that's awesome. So he's just going to be, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be Gretzky numbers, breaking records and this and that, but still, you're you're right below a point per game player you're not far just fractions away from being a point per game player awesome
1: yeah. and like i said it's always just he's so humble and i think that's yeah i like to see athletes that appreciate it and he does and good for him and he has to 200 more you know like absolutely just- all right. So now let's do studs, studs. I'm sorry, listeners, and Mark, who has to edit this podcast. I don't know how I skipped the past and act that I put. I literally put it there. I don't know. I How can I mess up my own agenda that I wrote? But I'm special. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, Anyways, I had a hard time with my dud for this week. I still just kind of can continue to struggle a little bit with the people on the bottom end of the lineup but I don't want to be too harsh either because there was some production from the bottom, but my start of the week, I'm giving it to Matt Greslick. I think Matt Greslick is in the sweet spot of like the best Matt Greslick, you know, he's clicking on all cylinders. He's doing what you want him to do on a power play. Even if it's not producing, he has looked really good defensively. He's just, he's like everywhere you want him to be. You know what I mean? He's that's just me. So I think that Grizzlick, I mean, yeah, he had a you know, goal, a couple assists or whatever, but just overall, I think that his play in the last few weeks has really been helping to drag this team to the finish line. As much as we've been talking about the second line, you know, and obviously top line, I really do think that Matt Grizzlick has been a huge leader, especially on the back end with all the rotation. That's just me. So... My stud is Matt Gryzlik. My dud is I'm not really quite sure, but I just generally still need the bottom six, whoever you end up to be, to be my bottom six. Like, I need you to be, so.
2: Um, My stud this week would have to go to... um, Geez, I want to say David Krejci. I think he's just, like, on a really good path right now. And with the complimentary assets on the left and the right of uh, Taylor Hall and Craig Smith um, is just basically reinvigorated his uh, his 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 career and and he's on a mission to to you know create more opportunities for secondary scoring Uh, the lines are now pretty much balanced that we're not like really you know relying on that top line anymore Um, it's really good and, uh, you know, this is good. The, these moments are good for him to um, to get involved in, the, you know, for contract extensions. I mean, you, if, if a player is playing like this, you really want to consider um, bringing him back. We'll talk about that later on. Um, my dud for the week, I'm just going to go two guys, is, and that's Bruins goaltending. Um, we've seen some really good things, but we've seen some really bad things this week. Um, a lot of the times, the fault can be to the uh, supporting cast in front of them. I get it, but you're the last line of defense and you're coming down to minimal games in the regular season. This is when you want to be on top of your game and be ready for a postseason, a the seven game postseason uh, series against some of the teams that you've rep- repeatedly have seen this year uh, and have plenty of tape on you uh, and and ready to rock and roll. The season's going to change. I mean, it's the same game, but the season's change. Postseason, we all know whistles get put away. There's a lot more havoc in front of the crease. These guys need to be more on top of their game than what we're seeing right now. Uh, Halak, um, you know, basically pulling a nutty. I get it. He's not playing well. The team in front of him didn't play well. But we got to tone that shit down. And and yesterday, Rask, I, I know a lot of it wasn't his fault. And I'm not blaming the whole game on him but still he needs to be a better supporting member in the crease as your last line of defense and your starter. Um, you know, that, that was a game that I think that they could have had. And it was just a complete failure between uh, your, the guy in the crease and the, and the supporting cast on front of you. So that's that those would, are my two.
1: I think that's fair enough on the goaltending. Uh, that being said though, I think it's important. Like you said, that people in front of the goaltenders, like, Again, not to defend Yarrow. He certainly had some that he should have had too, but defense also, like you're, he's, you also have to remember, like, you have a 36 year old goaltender or 35, almost 36 year old goaltender who had COVID and didn't play X amount of, you know, and like people like, oh, it's because Swayman's going to, no, no, Swayman isn't taking his job. Like, I, We'll talk about later. It's like we have a good problem to have when it comes to goaltending. Oh, yeah. Like not everybody can just keep climbing down the ladder and digging some people up that can do their job. <laughs> that doesn't defend things that are bad. Like you said, Tuka, he's been playing outstanding. Let- yesterday, yeah, he had some sloppy spots. But you- I-, I can see what you mean with the goaltending on that way. Like that's part of the inconsistency problem lately. And I think – but for those people who are like, obviously, Swayman should now have Tuka's job. Everyone hold your fucking horses, okay? Yeah, like, that's yeah. We'll it's talk about that, that later. Like, Tuka's going to have a bad game. Yeah, Yarrow, I think, was pissed because the game wasn't that out of control on Tuesday. And then it just got out of control in he couldn't take it anymore. Well, I mean, we've certainly seen goaltenders lose their shit before. And oh, like yeah. <laughs> when Yarrow smashed it on one hand, I'm going, Oh dude, not okay. Like, you know, you got to keep yeah. yourself in check. You, he is a professional at the same time. Yarrow doesn't lose his shit like that very often out in public. Like, you know what I mean? Usually like, but at the same time, you and me, both guy, that's how I'm feeling right now. After that fourth, you know, the third period, the overtime or whatever, you know? So, cause that's the other thing with the Bruins. What drives me nuts is they don't often get to the shootout option. Like, very quickly, we lose into overtime. It's not like we lost in the last minute. This has been a couple times in the last few weeks. We don't lose when there's two minutes left in overtime. We get punched in the face in the first two and a half minutes of overtime. And then it's like, well, why did why couldn't we have just lost in regulation? Yes, you get the point or whatever, but you just wasted another seven minutes of my life, five minutes of my life or whatever. Like I can't, four minutes and 12 seconds of my life. I don't know however overtime is, but all right. So fair enough on the goaltending on that. So. Let's move on. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't know why my brain is like going. Yeah, you're I don't going a hundred miles fault. an hour. <laughs> this is my fault. It's, it's just I have so much in my head and we didn't talk last week and everything's yeah, blending together. And like I said, I ended up, I thought I had three hours to kind of ease into my stuff. And now I'm not, now I'm on, I'm not performing well. So I apologize to the listeners, but it's mother's All day. Right. So you have to forgive me.
2: So let's get to this before we get, to, get the to the hour, hour break.
1: Hour. Bottom six uh we've been talking about this but a big thing this week is Charlie Coyle has been out whether he's you can debate how effective he's been lately, but he's been out for a couple games uh and Andre Kasha surfaced in a black Bruins jersey onto practice the other day. So I'm gonna throw this to you just generally about the bottom six right this is big thing like if we don't have coil if he comes back if kasha comes back and coil are both in you know the young kids do we keep depending on some of that you know or like where does that leave a trent frederick of the world because obviously kasha if they did put him in the lineup isn't slotting in the top six he's gonna end up somewhere down there so right. just why don't you get this to, as i seem to be a shit show suddenly I'm going to um, let you start this discussion.
2: It's it's kind of the, the whole coil thing is weird. I mean, now it, now he, he's showing up on the right side um, and playing well, which is weird for me to say, because I hate when he's over on the right side. It doesn't matter what line he's on. I think he drives the line continuously with his puck possession skills as, as uh, up the middle. And that's a third line center. Um, but the Kasha thing for me is is um it, well I'll go back to the coil. Uh his injury or or they're just you know preparing him. We I don't really know. I haven't really done a ton of research on what is ailing him. I think it might be a lower body injury. Uh but you know, arrest him because we could see uh playoff coil like we did last year and the year before that. Um uh, so we'll see what well, remains to be seen with that. The whole Kasha thing for me is very frustrating and I'm not on board with a lot of other people out there that um, uh, seemingly driven by underlying numbers, uh, what he did in the past. I honestly, I have not seen much of anything good when he's has been on the ice in the black and gold. Uh, he's fast. Okay. I mean, th- we have a lot of fast players, but I'm, th- I'm just not seeing what everybody else is. And it, that's just my opinion. Uh, and, and I don't honestly think that, somebody should be taking out of this current lineup that you're possibly going to roll into the, into the playoffs for a roster spot to see if he's going to hack it or not. Um, If he's like unbelievable in practices and so on, and he's better than uh, another player, then it is what it is. That's the coach's decision. But for me, I just think that, Oh, he's healthy. He makes two point, whatever million dollars. We have to get him in the lineup. I I don't think that that is uh, an appropriate thing to do, and and again, that's just my opinion too. So,
1: well, my opinion is this: I think some of the anger I've seen towards Kasha to people because people like the players they like. So, the minute Andre Kasha surfaces, it's like, je- like that's great. I love Chris Wagner too, but if Chris Wagner is struggling, I also like to know that Andre Kasha might be healthy enough to get. I don't know. Like we're a team that has always suffered and and this goes for everyone, but like we really do have an injury bug problem on this team every year when it's crucial. I think it's unfair on some level because he really has not gotten to play. And I understand that's injury wise. I I always feel uncomfortable blaming or judging a player that you haven't. I I think it's weird on a team where, and I know, Kevin Miller's different than Andre Kasha, right? But the whole idea of like, dude, you haven't even played a fucking game, right? But we're going to pay you and you're going to be in there regularly. Even when you should maybe not be in there. That's weird to me. So for me, I think it's weird on a team that we do that with players all the time that like people will be so pissed off about Andre Kasha because Cassidy certainly has not said like, oh, he's definitely taking over someone's spot. That being said, Cassidy was part of the decision to bring him here. So the coach knows something about him that we don't necessarily see. We don't get to see him every day at all the practices, this and that. And the people who do seem to have a mixed review either way on that. So I can understand being defensive. You don't want like suddenly someone to, that you love so much, like no offense again, just because Corrali had a good week. I'm still a little annoyed, not because I don't love Sean Corrali, but because I don't feel I'm going to get the best Sean Corrali. I can't trust that right now. You know, I know that doesn't affect whether Kosh is in or not, but there's, a you know, there's, they've been flipping everyone different sides, this and that, because they don't, they haven't had enough for most of the year. Right. And in a real perspective, these players that have been playing, although it's been good and you get the post post trade deadline high, they've still been inconsistent down there. So like, you know what, maybe if he is playing better, I also don't want him to not have played at all. Like. And we end up needing him because three winger right wings could go down. You don't know. You might need Andre Kasha to at least be a warm body. And honestly, with some of the play I've seen with some of the people on the bottom six rotating in and out, I won't name names. We've all watched them. How possibly worse could he have made that situation, right? Because that situation's either kind of flatlined. No, it's not impressive, but it's flatlined and stable or it's been a hot fucking mess beyond the first and now the second line, you know? So I don't know. I think that's what coaches get paid to do. I don't know enough about him. You know, I'm not an advanced stats analytics girl. So that's not why I say it ain't a big deal. If you put him in, I do think it's stupid to play a player just because they're getting paid, but I also need like, if just because you love Trent Frederick doesn't mean that Cassidy wants him to be his right wing over, you know, like that's, that's just a, you know, like you have to separate your fan perspective from what the coaching staff has to make decisions. I don't think anybody should automatically get bumped, but I also would feel better if Kasha had played one meaningful hockey game before the playoffs start in case they need him to play. Because yeah. players like Kasha don't go down to the Providence to rehab. You know what I mean? No. All they have is practice in actual games. And we only got two left. So that's all I have to say about that. I'm not, I don't think he should be there over anybody else. But I also, haven't seen that impressive from anybody else. That makes me like you're dead. There are very few people who have been slotting in and out of those bottom two lines that I am so convinced you need to be in the lineup. You know what yep. I mean? Like, so that's just my thought on that. My, I
2: don't know. The thing with me is like, everybody's just jumping on this guy about his potential. We have yet to see this guy score a goal as in black and gold.
1: Well, I, I didn't get on any hype train. I do think it's good to see him because yeah, Especially know. like this year, like where this is a very, very weird year, you know, and whether people like it or not, if we want to win four rounds to win the Stanley Cup or whatever, you're going to have to yep. fucking You need all hands on deck, right? So isn't yep. the more important thing? Like I said, it's weird in a on a, t- a team where like if Kevin Miller doesn't play for six games, like no one freaks out, like Kevin Miller's getting paid whatever two five to be, you know, and I understand because everyone goes, Oh, well that's load management for him. I also think for a team that gave Nick Richie a second chance to prove his worth. I don't see why we can't also maybe let on. I understand. You know how I feel. I understand your frustration. Part of your frustration is we haven't really seen him a lot and what you have seen of him. But that's kind of a catch 22 too, right? Yeah. Because if you're injured and you're not in there to get the chemistry and the thing, and then you can't just drop him on the second line with David Krejci. And now things are, I mean, apparently the only magic that that's ever happened with in the last year upon year upon year is Taylor Hall. They're like fucking soulmates or something that like, Mama was right. Sorry. But You know, so I think, like, it's everybody's always fighting about something. No one's ever going to win any argument. But the overall argument should be, don't we want the most healthy players we can have and the most options we have? Because you don't know who we're going to get in the playoffs. You will know who the first round is, and we'll know who maybe the second round opponent is. But things change in the playoffs. It's different when you're playing a team for a seven-game series. Sometimes you got to fucking bench somebody, and you need someone else to go in, you know. Right. injuries happen so i'm more on the i want to i want him to have a meaningful at least game in in case he has to be called right just like last year worst case scenario was having to let dan vladar have his first nhl star in the middle of a hot mess goaltending situation yeah. right yeah. same thing i know he's older he has experience i'm not trying to make apples for oranges but i also don't un- think it, it doesn't always have to be this or that you know what i mean it doesn't always have to be I love Trent Fariedic, but I hate him. You know, like I'm that type of person, right? Like I don't like Nick Ritchie, but Nick Ritchie's been playing his ass off, I'm not trying to yep. take Nick Ritchie's spot, so he gets to stay in the third or fourth line, regardless of anybody else who's coming in and up, right? But that's because I'm reasonable and I understand the whole thing is I don't have to like you as a player. I need you to be a functioning team, and if everybody's got their spot and your teammates like you and the chemistry's good, I don't fucking care who you are. You know what I mean? I just right. I think as Bruins fans, we're always burning down the house either way. It's always like, I know, I know, whatever. And that's part of it. So all I know is I hope Charlie Coyle does get healthy because I'm still worried about Charlie Coyle being Charlie Coyle. Yeah, it is freakish. That Danielle girl really likes him on the right wing, which is weird to me because he's only looked good as a right wing for like.
2: Yeah. Very small.
1: In his whole career. career. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) uh, but no, I I want everybody to be healthy and po- and be a possibility for him in this lineup. That's what yep. I want. We're
2: gonna hear from uh, Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Memorabilia right now. He's got some fantastic stuff and he's got some uh, some cool signings coming up uh, soon. Uh, I know one with Andy Moog, and I believe somebody else. I just don't remember right now, but uh, we'll hear from him and uh, and hear what he has to offer some uh, folks for great prices. Hand-signed stuff. I mean, we, we buy stuff from him for our Patreon giveaways, which are, uh, we're actually set to give away. The Derek Sanderson hand-signed jersey, fully authenticated, uh, on the 16th of May. So not this week, but the week after. I think it's appropriate. 16 and 16, why not? So uh, get involved uh, with that. But also, please go to Bruce's uh, Facebook page, um, you know, and check that out, and because you can win some awesome stuff just by liking and sharing. So we'll hear from Bruce, and we'll be right back. <laughs>
0: Hello Bruins fans, this is Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. Score with our legend packages, autographed jerseys and photo packages from O'Reilly and Cheevers for $99 delivered. Middleton and Grizzlick for $109, Sanderson for $149, and or GNR jersey and GNR photo package for $429 delivered. We are very excited for our Bruins Private Signings with Bruins Legends Andy Moog may fifteenth and Johnny Busick May twenty second. Get a Moog Autographed jersey for just ninety nine dollars. Busick jersey for just eighty nine. moog or Busick Photo for twenty eight or puck for just twenty nine dollars. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week. Check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at boston sportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go!
2: everyone's fans we're back we just heard from the awesome bruce sullivan from boston sports and music memorabilia and he has some fantastic stuff Um, photos hand signed photos hand signed jerseys hand signed pucks go to the facebook page guys and and follow him and contact him uh, via the facebook page messenger or an email and just ask him if he's got something and i'm sure he could definitely get it for you But uh, we thank Bruce for continuing his relationship with us and uh, obviously buying uh, stuff for the Patreon account, uh, which is uh, huge. And and I continue to buy more stuff. So um, awesome. But we'll get back to the Boston Bruins topics. And and Heather wanted to circle back on more talk about the uh, Jake DeVaras saga that's going on. So let's go from there, Heather.
1: I just wanted to touch back on this and just ask you, because I personally feel like Jake DeBrusque has become the scapegoat for the bottom lines, not being productive. Um, Just for example, he really even after being sat and things like that is still in your top 10 of point getters and things like that. And, or he was, he's probably maybe 11 or whatever, but uh, first, I wanted to ask you, until they put him back in the lineup, it was bothering me because I felt like, is it a mistake? Is it unfair to Jake DeBrusque that you did not trade him at the trade deadline, yet you're going to bench him and not let him play either and make him be a healthy scratch? How did you feel about that?
2: I, obviously, there was a message that had to be brought forth. Um, Jake's skill set, regardless of what you think about him, um and not you, just maybe some haters out there that uh, he still brings a very valuable asset to the game when he's on. And I think that the Boston Bruins are still trying to continue to see that and and believe in that and so on. But he's just going through some struggles right now. All players do it. We get it. I mean, Jake DeBras is is now the, um, excuse me, is now the, you know, pinnacle of of everybody's hate now but we can give freaking um charlie Coyle a pass on uh 28 games without a goal or you know whatever sean Corrali 38 games i've been on Corrali all all year still don't believe he's going to be a Bruin next season or andre kasha for that matter um but you know i just think that jake's expected to do much a lot because of that first round uh expectation that you know he got selected in the first round in 2015. There's a lot involved in that. and People set that to a high bar. And there's a, there's a lot of avenues that are being attacked, Jake, right now. So I don't know. I just, I hate seeing people struggle. I really do. I hated seeing coil struggle and so on. But, you know, you can't give one a pass and not the other.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's what bothers me about that whole situation is people like, oh, well, we need Charlie Coyle. Like, we don't need Jake DeBrusque. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't think that you can argue Jake DeBrusque isn't trying to do the work, but I'm starting to be concerned that they're not handling him right. Like, he's getting a lot of mixed messages. He does have a lot of pressure on him because he did get to kind of just come in and, you know, he's had great expectations on him. But at the same time, Maybe it's hard to figure out your role when it's always changing and you're getting these weird mixed messages of like, so like, like this year, so coil can struggle as all shit, but we don't sit him down. Let's just keep sitting Chris Wagner and Jake DeBrusco as if that was fixing anything. Do you know what I mean? And it's to me, it's like, it's like anything, right? Like I could say a thing to my kids a million times, right. But it's not always getting through to them. But if you said the same thing, it would be a different tone. It would be a different thing. So I just, I was getting, at first I thought he was healthy scratch because I thought they were trading him. That's really what I thought was going to be happening. And yeah, he had injury, the COVID thing, all this, but I just, I feel like he's kind of become a scapegoat and like, it's all like Jake DeBrusque. he, he's not your Patrice Burt, you know, he's not your superstar. And, but they, sometimes I feel like treat him like he is a superstar because they know he could be a star, you know, and you got to also have like half dozen of one and a little more of the other kind of thing. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. That just bothers me because when it comes down to it, you know, who deserved to sit down more coil, he makes more money. You know, if we're going to play the, you get paid, Chris, gets paid $7 million
0: to gets Yeah.
1: You know, then why aren't we playing? Jake DeBrus took a fucking bridge for 3.6. And I'm not saying he's necessarily earned to make more or less, but you gave Coyle 2.5 for 3 million years over one good postseason and one good season. You know, and I just feel like it's, first. I feel, this just goes back to, I feel like Bruce Cassidy has some of those traits that people used to bitch at and Claude Julian, but because he's Bruce Cassidy, people won't recognize it. Like you said, they won't bench, I mean, just even like just you won't bench Charlie Coyle, but you think that he's not doing the same thing to Jake DeBrusque a little that Claude Julian used to do to some of the young kids? You know what I mean? Like, and I no, just, it's not a yeah, blaming capacity either. I understand he's a frustrated coach and he's trying to get the best. I mean, I think he does like Jake. That's why he's there. Right. I just feel like maybe some something's being lost in translation. So, anyways, that's all I want to say about Jake DeBrusque. The next thing is besides, like, oh my God, dude, I just, I really think that um, David Krejci and uh, Taylor Hall are soulmates and they should have been together this whole time. But do you think that it would be foolish to not re-sign the two of these guys?
2: I would not re-sign them um, anytime soon, uh, especially before the Seattle uh, expansion draft.
1: Uh, regardless of the wait. protection, not protection. I just mean generally. Like, yes, they're both yes, UFAs. You yes, don't have to
2: yep. sign them. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm throwing that in there because a lot of people don't understand that. Um, I, I would. Yeah. Yes, I would. I would. Uh, Hall, longer than Krejci, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see Hall come in at a nice, friendly five-year, which, you know, wouldn't be too so bad. Krejci, possibly a one- or two-year deal. But I I'd definitely be be uh, involved in that because just the way that you're seeing a totally different Crecci during the regular season and, and the potential of playoff Crecci coming back and being a, a real steady person in the lineup to get that secondary scoring that you really, really were without in 2019 when you were, when the game was so heavy and you didn't have the, uh, the point production to go ahead so much and, 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 um, and have that gap if you made a mistake or not when I, the heavier game came into play. Uh, So um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It remains to be seen, but I would not sign them um, anytime before the, the, um, the Seattle expansion draft just because of that protection thing. So.
1: No, I, I, I agree with you. I guess I should have worded that in that context too, because I just meant like generally re-sign them. I'm all day long for not re-signing any of your UFAs until after the Seattle draft because then they're all protected on some look level. The, just you. look at the
2: numbers that's being produced. Uh, never mind the win-loss, yeah. but look at the individual numbers. I mean, Krejci's just been point per game since since the, uh, the trade deadline. Uh, Hall has tripled uh, his point production since he's been here in Boston. I mean, he played 38 games as a Buffalo Sabre and only had, what was it, two goals. Now he's got six. Uh, his assists have gone up. You could see he's, like, really enjoying the game lately. I mean, winning can do that to anybody. You know, when you're on a streak and you you have complimentary pieces that you look around this locker room, like, I can't believe I'm sitting here. You know, I mean, th- that's the type of stuff that makes you – play better it's confidence booster right there you know and if you can get that from a, uh, a member that complements a second line and increase scoring I mean I'm not saying the Stanley Cup but but you know let's get everybody on board and let's make this a freaking a nice run at least yeah. but but That's- then also what I al- always say is if you can't get it done this year have the pieces involved to let's let's try again
1: yeah, um, I think that what you see in Taylor Hall and David Krejci is hope because there's a lot of people that they're like, oh, why can't Krejci play with us all the time? Well, Jesus Christ, if you would have gave him Taylor Hall five years ago, maybe he would have been, you know, like, yeah. I still go back to David Creechie is not a goddamn miracle worker and you maybe not get what you want out of Krejci all the time, but his numbers don't goddamn lie. He's consistent thing. Even when he's injured in years, he makes up for it on the times he's not injured. And I, I, I agree with you all day long. I'm about, I'm all about using the cheap out that you don't have to sign your UFAs. You know what I mean? And then that way they are protected. Um, but I just think, Like, we actually have hope. And I think that having Krejci happy and scoring thing takes pressure off of Bergeron. And I think it makes everybody happier. You know, like, I just, he does look like a different person. He looks like 28-year-old Krejci and not, you know, and again, maybe not long-term. And I I really think that Taylor Hall needs to, if you want to be part of this Bruins system, understand you might be worth $8 fucking dollars, but we're going to give you two years at seven and see, like, you know, do you, I mean... To be fair, he does bounce off of every team. He's on this and that. But I also think he's a guy that doesn't has never really had a real home. And he's never really been on a team that actually has a chance. Like, he has a chance to not even make the playoffs, get out of the first round. When has that kid ever had that in his career?
0: Which is,
2: which is sad because he came from an Edmonton Oilers team, which had so many first round picks because they weren't good. They were yeah. constantly lottery winners and so on, but they couldn't put a team together with all that talent to make any decent, you know, playoff consistency. And, you know, I, I don't know. It's just Edmonton's like kind of like such an enigma to me sometimes, you know. Yeah,
1: they're weird. They should have been really good at any point in the last ten yeah, years. I mean and they
2: just Hall, Nuge,
1: like Dry sidle. It's like Whoa, what how is this going wrong? <laughs> you even had Hall and McDavid one year at least. Yeah, exactly. Together, like... You
2: know what's you know, what's funny too is like this year you, you're seeing a different Edmonton Oilers team. Maybe it's because they're only playing in the Canadian division and so on. They're not, you know, getting a mix of uh, the United States teams and, and, you know, that different type of game. But, I mean, good on them. They I think they clinched, didn't they? Yeah, they did.
1: Yeah. And yeah. who won? Toronto won the top spot, right? I think Edmonton right. is a little bit like Toronto. We talked about this when Toronto. This is what happens when you expect your 20-year-olds to know how to be the best leaders they can be. They're 20-year-old dudes that just got... billion and like our superstars. I mean, especially in like a Toronto, some you're a goddamn superstar. If you're a Maple Leaf, like everybody knows you. And you know, again, they're general. So I think a little of that's happened in, in Edmonton over the years is that they get all those first round draft picks. That's great. It's now the 19 year olds leading the 19 year olds. And what the hell good can that possibly do? You know, sometimes you got to get them. I mean, even just like having Joe Thornton or a Patrick Marlowe in Toronto over the last few years, or Wayne Simmons or whoever, has been a different experience to teach these boys how to be men and be leaders and be like, you know, perfect professionals I'm, on that level. But
2: I'm actually looking forward to like the, uh, scuttle Park podcast. Um, uh, if it does come down to an Edmonton and freaking Toronto, freaking first round series, that'd be funny.
1: That'll be good on that. <laughs> gold,
2: absolute hockey gold listening right there.
1: <laughs> I love that. I always listen to them. They're a good podcast. Shout out scuttle puck. Yep. Um, all right. So, I guess this is this doesn't have to be a very long one, but um, do we have a goalie controversy in Boston, or are we just making it the fuck up in our heads? I don't think we do. I think we're lucky to have four fucking outstanding goaltending that any other team, like everybody else, has one starter, then an all right backup, and then like mm, God, this will be messy if we have to bring them in. Besides the fact, the last like twelve months there seems to be epiphany of like young goaltenders popping off, and then there. I still think the pecking order is the pecking order, especially like you can argue not to put Kasha in, but I do think in goaltending, there is a pecking order and it is Tuka and it is Yarrow. If he's the healthiest Yarrow and we are lucky, we have a Swayman or a Vladar that can be the healthy third person to help them up. I don't have an issue rotating the three through. I feel confident even with Yarrow struggles and stuff. Anybody who's in net with our goaltending, I don't feel nervous about whether it's Vladar or whoever. I feel like we have really good goaltenders some more experienced than others, some that are a little messier than others, but is this an actual controversy or just, we always have to have a controversy.
2: It's always, we have to have a controversy. It's that's just the way life is in the social media world. <laughs> um, no, but like you said, it's, it's good things. Um, you, you have experience with Rask and, and, and Halak uh, and they both have playoff experience. We've seen it, heard about it, read about it, researched it. Um, but a, a nice member like Swayman isn't, bad, isn't all that bad either. But it's just my confidence level in Jeremy is absolutely through the roof. You've known that. I've been talking about him for years. But I just, with the playoffs and the way that that grind can be, I don't know if that's something that I'd necessarily put a young 22, 20-some-odd goaltender in there automatically. Just by the way he's playing, just by the numbers he's producing, his goals against average, which um, you know are numbers that are leading the league, but he's only played so many games, while others have played maybe thirty games. Some of the top goaltenders in the league, and so on. Um, but solid things moving forward. I, I I don't know. I'm more or less the guy that would go with experience. And obviously the pecking order is correct. You know, it, um, I think that obviously they want to do it for Rask. Let's and he wants to do it, obviously. So if if they can make a run, it's going to be on Tuca in his health. Um, and I know people just hamper on that, like, oh, let's see if he fucking stays in the bubble, or oh, 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 oh hey, uh, Tuca, your wife's calling. You know, it's it, I'm so sick of hearing these freaking defract those or whatever that's probably a bad word yeah, for those it, but... are all
1: the people that don't have to leave their family six months <laughs> out of the year like you know i just... know
2: and and their perfect yeah. lives and everything like that you know mm-hmm. well they're yeah, athletes they, they, they signed up for it they they're talk so, so much uh behind the keyboard you know mm-hmm. it's freaking crazy but anyway
1: yeah. i was saying like, um,
2: yeah you know i don't I, I, don't, be, so. I don't i don't believe that he's gonna be he should just um go right in i i think his numbers are good and so on, and they're very respected. And he's a class act goaltender. He's a very mature kid, and so on. But uh, you know, I'm not on board with him taking over what what what's what's in place right now. So uh, the future looks great. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for that. But for right now, I want to go with experience, and I want I want to see Tuca raise the cup and just uh, basically um, put a sock in so many people that freaking doubted him for all this time. So.
1: Yeah. My, I feel the same way point. even with bouncing Halak, like, but really Halak had COVID too. And again, he's not, he's, he is what he is, right? But he's a solid backup goaltender. But isn't it more important that these kids learn from these goaltenders? These Because right. when you're in the playoffs, I all day long am taking experience over like, hotness. Like, yeah, you ride your hot goaltender or whatever, but in an ideal world, Tuka just needs to rest every now and then. Yarrow will be fine for that one game because, really, Yaroslav is good if you he only needs a few games. it's He is just at this stage in his career cannot handle being the starting goaltender for 15 games. It's just not how he's designed. But... Isn't it more important to have Swayman with these two veterans in the playoffs, good, bad, or ugly, to see how they handle it and what to do? So you don't have the situation like last year, poor Yarrow and Dan Vladar, Vladesh just out in the thing, and he's like telling right. them, okay, like trying to help him, like if they go this way, do this, like trying to give him a rundown on the Carolina Hurricanes. Hey, buddy, here's a contract to sign. Uh, Yarrow will meet you in the hallway and tell you everything. You need right in the middle of the second period. These. Loved it. Yeah. Like, what in the, you know, so, I don't know. Like, Swayman is obviously in the future, but I don't know. That doesn't mean he has Tuka's job now, and it certain as hell doesn't mean that it necessarily means he bounces Yaro because, really, we need to have all three of them. And, again, Vladesh, I, I include him in it as part of the, like, how many years have we not had that? How many years as a Bruins fan did you have to watch? We didn't have any backup goaltender. Right. We had, but every now and then we would have one that was worth their grain of salt, but we never kept him around. We wouldn't pay them the money, like. Just be grateful you have four really good goaltenders, and no matter what happens, we probably won't have any situation like we did. Also, I love Tuca. Yeah, sometimes you can be questioned on what he does, but I also do think that overall, he's done his job and doesn't owe me shit. So, well, besides maybe a cup, but not just him, this whole team, you know, like we've had so many good people just... Over the years that we haven't, and yeah, I'd love to see them get another cup because then that kind of validates not winning those two in between, right? Okay, well, I'm glad you agree there's no goalie controversy. I would like you to give a little shout-out to the down in the system, do your down in the system, because we got big things happening down there this week, right?
2: Yes. Um, The Providence Bruins played in two games last week. Um, The first one was, um, I don't know when the third was. Um, anyway, on May 3rd, 2021, and they, um, lost to Bridgeport in the shootout, uh, Cameron Hughes, uh, had a goal at the 1613 mark. Uh, he scored his fifth and, uh, Brady Lyle scored his seventh in the third period at the 34 second mark, uh, assisted by Cameron Hughes and Jackson Nika. And the last goal of the game, which was not enough, uh, it, it was a tying goal, actually, to force overtime, was Robert Lantoshi. He scored his ninth at the 1548 mark of the third period from Lauco and goaltender Kyle Kaiser. But unfortunately, uh, K- Kaiser, uh, he stopped uh, 27 of 30 in the uh, overtime loss. Um So, uh, that was a tough one. And and with that win, they could have, um, with the two points, they could have, uh, captured the Atlantic division, but that would, uh, go on to the next game, which was Thursday, uh, May 6th at the new England sports center, the final game of the, uh, 20, uh, the 2021 regular season for the Providence Bruins. Um, and, uh, it, it didn't start off great. This game, um, didn't it did not go good. Uh the first period Paul Thompson scores for the um the Hartford Wolfpack and Lil Verdi, Vincent Verdi, uh gets uh, the Hartford Wolfpack on um on the scoreboard with a two to nothing lead, but then all of a sudden it's just, you know, uh Ian McKinnon, he scores his first as a as a Providence Bruins player and then five more goals came for Providence. They just just basically took over the game from there. Uh, Sinishin scores his seventh in the second period. Jerov Akinainen gets his first in the second period. Oscar Steen gets his fifth in the third period. Uh, Curtis Hall gets his first in the third period. Samuel Asseline scores his eighth in the third period. And uh, the uh, Hartford Wolfpack, they, they get on the board. But it was way too late. The Providence Bruins win the final game of the season. Six to three fashion. On home ice and capture the Atlantic Division title, uh, only needed one point to do it, but they do it in the in fashion of, of course, with the last game of the year. Dan Vladar was in net; he stopped 31 of 34 shots on goal. So that is it, folks. Um, the the uh, I, I got to give kudos to the American Hockey League and the Providence Bruins for getting this done. Uh, during these covid times and so on but after the 25 game regular season providence ends at 15 wins six losses uh, two and two i don't know i f- keep forgetting that they get 34 points and uh, they win the division title uh second time in a row but unfortunately there's no playoffs for a second time in a row so the call of the cup playoffs are no no bueno um the league uh has decided not to hand out a call of the cup and each division was up uh, on their own to create some kind of playoff style if they want. But uh, three divisions uh, said no. But the Pacific Division, who has eight teams, uh, are going to do some kind of tournament to keep their their uh, players playing. Um, and some uh, news, transaction news, Mark Diver of uh, Ringside Rhode Island writer has reported twice that uh, Kyle Kaiser uh, Will report down to uh, the Jacksonville Icemen of the East Coast Hockey League, which is the temporary home of the Double uh, A minor pro affiliate of the Boston Bruins. So, and he'll be joined by um, rookie this year AHL rookie um, Alex Olivier Voyer, uh, who had an outstanding uh, season for Providence, in my opinion. And I wouldn't be surprised if some more um, some more uh, players. Um, head down to uh, Jacksonville because there's 16 games remaining in the East Coast Hockey League season for the Icemen. So plenty of time uh, for folks to go down there and get, get some ice time because they are eligible to do so. So, that's it. Sorry to cut that short. Actually, I should mention that Cameron Hughes did end the season as the uh, uh, the leading point getter for the Providence Bruins. He had 21 points in 25 games. Jakob Lauko had 19 points in 23 games. Samuel Asseline had 16 points in 25 games. Um, Robert Lantoshi, 15 points in 20, 25 games. Brady Lyle, 14 points in 25 games. So that's just a. Uh, a little bit of a run of uh, the top five or six. So that's it for me. Um,
1: Congratulations, Providence.
2: Yeah, it's just, it kind of sucks that, I mean, the two years in a row, I believe the roster was, was ready to make some serious noise in the call of the cup playoffs. And, um, you know, they haven't been there since 1999, I believe was the last time they won a call of the cup and it's the only one in in the organization's freaking history. So uh, I just, I'm not giving up faith. There's a lot of good pieces on this Providence Bruins roster that can be uh, used, um, usefully used uh, next season. So uh, expect big things. The AHL is on track to uh, get back to work in October fans in the stands and uh, we'll go from there. So um, I will continue to, to bring these AHL news uh, updates as much as possible, but it was a good year. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go anywhere and cover the games as I did the, um, the the year previous. So, um, you know, congratulations to everybody and uh, a lot of great things, a lot of good things.
1: Yes. And next year will be a whole different year. Uh, This is just random to throw in now that you said that. It just reminded me that starting tomorrow, the gardens open to 25% capacity. So a little more fans and go from 12 Uh, to 25. Nice. Yep, for Bruins and Celts games. And I know, I'm sure there'll be some concerts with the same kind of guidelines and stuff coming up. They use all the venues possible. One thing that's awesome about Boston at certain times of the year, there really could be like three different sports things happening, three concerts and whatever. Just we have all these arenas. But um, I just wanted to throw that in. Um, the last big thing we have for Bruins, I think, unless, well, we have two things we have. I We kind of already discussed we have two more games left. So I don't know. This probably won't be too much discussion, but just a reminder tomorrow, when you hear us Monday, May 10th, we're playing the Islanders at the Island. uh, I mean, at home for the last regular season or whatever. And then on Tuesday, we go to Washington for our last regular season game, two big games. We've the history's there. This is meeting number eight with both these teams. We know what we need to do. Hopefully the boys get it done. Hopefully they take all four points hopefully they play at least like they're ready to start the playoffs come next weekend or whenever sometime in the month of May, that playoffs actually start any thoughts on those last two games.
2: Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about it earlier. These are playoff teams play a playoff style game, no excuses, um, evaluate appropriately. And, you know, you're going to get Andre Kasha in per the Boston Bruins um, official website. And Twitter account uh, tomorrow night, which is be Monday's game against the Islanders. So we'll see where where he's going to fit in and where we could possibly use him uh, if if he's needed in the in the postseason. So um, we'll yeah.
1: see and discuss, I guess, going forward. Yep. And so uh, have-
2: Washington, obviously, it's going to be a that's going to be a hard game. It's been a hard series that, um, with these hmm. two battling in the uh, in the mass Mutual this season. So. I'd expect a, a harder game to end this and uh, hopefully nobody gets injured and everybody does it safe. And, and somebody caves in um, uh, Tom Wilson's face. <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding.
1: Hey. No, we're kind of kidding. Um, So the Bruins gave out their uh, end of the season internal awards. They've been announcing them over the week kind of, but I just would uh, run through them. Uh, no surprises. I don't think anywhere. Uh, but the Eddie Shore Award went to Brad Marchand. The Gallery Gods give that out. Um, most of these awards are based on, like, your home performance, you know, on home ice. Uh, the Elizabeth Dufresne Trophy also went to Brad Marchand. That is voted by the Boston Chapter of the Professional Hockey Writers. Uh, the John Busick Award, which is a community, like, you know, being a community activist and, you know, doing things good in the community, that award is a John Busick The John Busick Award went to Charlie Coyle. Obviously, we know all about his work with the Mighty Quinn. But, you know, also, I'm sure like the rest of them, they always do events like that. Uh, The three stars that are voted on by the 98.5 Sports Hub um, people, which I think is kind of hilarious because there's only four of them that ever talk about hockey. But, okay, they voted for their three stars, which I don't disagree with. Uh, Marshawn got first star, Bergeron second, and Craig Smith with a third, which was nice uh, to see Craig Smith getting recognized for um his he really has had a good season I think he fit in he kind of walked in and he's played a little bit different roles as he's gone but now he's top line a second line stud with a Hall and crechey and I'm glad that's where he landed uh and last but not least I figured this is the one that could be thing is the seventh player award went to Nick Ritchie as it should have like I said uh, I'd say it I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. And I always mean it. And I knew I was right. Like, I I just by definition, there couldn't really have been anybody else but Nick Ritchie who has exceeded and gone above and above. You know, like, no offense to Kevin Miller, but your ground can't be like you played at all. Like, that can't be going above and beyond expectation or you have really low expectations. Uh, But Nick Ritchie earned it again. You're not my favorite buddy, but you have earned that. You have earned the seventh player. You have earned having the highest goal total in your career for you. Actually, just beat it, right? He had tied it, I think, uh, his highest goal total, which happened like four or five seasons ago, but then he beat it. Now he's got the most production. He's certainly, uh, people love him, not me, but the fans adore him. He's had a revitalization from what he first looked like. 14 months ago when he showed up here and he deserves the seventh player award. So good on Nick Ritchie. Nice. Those are the internal awards. Any thoughts on that? Any shocks? I don't think there were any shocks. Oh, um,
2: yeah. I just what? messed something up. Um, nope. I totally forgot what I was going to do. Cause I just screwed this up, but go ahead.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that was just, I just wanted to mention that. Um, yeah, we, I was going to say now we're moving on. We got some NHL stuff to discuss. Uh, Ryan Miller. Oh God. Last night was his last game. It was so sad with the mom and dad, but, uh, Ryan Miller, the winningest American born goaltender of all time and former Boston Bruin and all around great, awesome guy, David Backus, uh, last week was kind of, a them, uh, doing their last rounds. And uh, it was very, I thought it was nice because, you know, like David Backus, it was very moving to see him in St. Louis and like they love him as his captain and they're there and him and Tor, you know, and D- you know how I feel about David Perron, but that was a nice moment. Um, two incredible careers. Congratulations. Badass. I, I think I wrote in my note, USA, USA. I mean, great guys, great things. Whenever I think of Ryan Miller, besides us, obviously his outstanding performances over the year is that commercial. They used to have the, like, your mama's so ugly, and he, your mama's so ugly, yeah, they reviewed Halloween. Your mama-ween, that's what I always think of. But congratulations, gentlemen. Two careers. Just as a hockey fan, it's been a pleasure watching you guys all these years, the last 15 slash, well, 18 slash 15 years, respectively. Any thoughts about yeah, especially uh, Ryan Miller as a goaltender?
2: Yeah. No, uh, congrats to, to both of them. Uh, that, that was it. just awesome careers and so on.
1: And also, uh, before we do the TV deal, also a shout out to Phil the Thrill for your 900th point, former Bruin, grown up. People love him or hate him, but either way. But let's move on. So the NHL inks a big deal with TNT. This happened two weeks ago, but we did not get to discuss it. We knew that they would sign with someone. I was shocked it was Turner Sports. But uh, just a quick rundown on that Um, deal. uh, It's worth $225 million annually. It's a seven rights uh, deal. So it's in line with ESPN. So we know that TNT and the ESPN you know, they will be covering the NHL, uh, for this time that includes the winter class, uh, Turner sports will get the winter classic and three Stanley cup finals, which is good to know. They are going to keep around the winter classic, which is good. I think it's been good for the league. Uh, Turner sports will present up to 72, um, regular season games and the first three playoff rounds. So, uh, that's kind of the nuttin' thing. Uh, there will be live streaming and simulcast options that will be happening. They also have a partnership with HBO, Ma- uh, HBO Max. They they say they probably won't use that option as much. but So this is fluid. I think it's great for the league. This is a way better deal than the NBC deal when you take these two deals and put it together for income and exposure. Um, I'm interested to see what TNT does. And also, interestingly, now they're going to be one of the only ones that cover all the major sports they're going to have all of them on and I'm not a basketball person, but I've seen their basketball show and I kind of like, you know, some of the things they do and they have a nice balance between the serious and the not. So any thoughts on that? Big deal signing this, Mark, what do you think?
2: Yeah, it's a good deal. Um, and it was funny that, uh, NBC came in. at such a low number. Yeah. Real, real funny that they just, you know, they came in so low thinking that they were going to get it, but no, Um, the NHL went another way. They went for the more dollar, which is obviously, you know, that's just good business right there. But, um, and you already see people getting signed and someone, they're leaving NBC, uh, and you know, Eddie O is now going to be with TNT. Um, and the guy that calls the New York Rangers games, he's going to, um, is it Kenny Albert?
1: Yes, I think so. Yeah.
2: One of the Alberts, his son obviously, uh, is going to be going there too. So, um, a lot of good things moving forward. Hopefully, uh, this is an effort to uh, minimize the flat cap that 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 is crucially uh, hammering this league right now because we're not making much money without fans in the stands. But uh, you can get uh, advertising revenue opportunities by signing a big deals like this to relieve some of that effort as well. It's, it's just a win-win.
1: The good thing about this one, too, is like TNT... Unlike uh, NBC Sports that you have to have a certain package on your cable provider to get, TNT is usually in the basic package, so that will lead to more exposure. Like we always talk about, the NBC never really utilized when they could. I think they've done good things for N- for hockey, and I also think that they're kind of like a very old-school thing uh, i need fun i need the jeremy roenix of the world i understand why i got fired as a mouth but like those people we need the grumpy Millberries of the world we need just those kind of personalities i do have to say for me personally i do not want pierre Lebron to follow this shit to tnt i can't i i i respect him as a human but i do not need his insightful commentary i just hope that You're they find a balance, um stiff between McQuire. i need them to find him a... yeah I need them to find a. You said stiff- LeBron. Sorry. What?
2: You said LeBron. I'm sorry. Oh, I, did I say I, LeBron? I didn't understand what you were what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh,
1: you oh, said sorry. LeBron. Sorry. Um, I just need a balance between the really stiff white hockey dude, kind of like this is hockey. It is exciting, like thing, and like the craziness of the Jeremy Ronix and the Brett Hull kind of personalities. We need the nice balance because really, the modern day hockey world is kind of a nice balance between the two. So that's that. All right. Well, we we'll should, see what goes forward.
2: We hmm. should skip the next one. The, the, the capitals ranges. Well,
1: I was just, I, I was actually going to summarize that. We all know what happened, the events of the week, right? The craziness. My thing I wanted to ask you, because I, I think we both agree. We hate Judge Paros. We're always pissed off at player safety, but I had a question for you. Did you think that just as a general question, was it fucked up that Buchnavich got a game suspension for almost the same exact thing that Chara did to Brendan Gallagher? Like, my thing was, like, you're not even consistent within your own rulings. Chara did almost the same exact thing a year ago. You gave him $5,000. Yeah. We all were surprised he didn't get a game. But, like, was that a punishment, like an extra punishment? I'm not saying he should have done it. Just, it, do you think that's part of the problem? Is that no, it's, there isn't it's, any it's, consistency?
2: It's, it's so inconsistent. And and, yeah. and real quick, what I want to touch on uh, this was George Parros was um, quoted as uh, he not wanting to suspend Tom Wilson for the hit on Brandon Carlo. And yeah. that's an article out there by Logan uh, Mullen from Nessun. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about that, but we're just we're running out of time here. Um, but it, I just think that that's wrong. And, and you know, um, I don't, yeah, I don't like good. the way that player safety is working.
1: Yeah, this is on, just generally, that's on everybody. It's on the players who would agree to the CBAs. It's on the board of governors who don't fucking make it be better. And it's on putting people like George Paros in there who have no fucking, how the hell isn't a force supposed to know what's a... Should be or should not be, and just the general, it makes a mockery. And I still stand by the Rangers and their goddamn statement, even if their owner is a lunatic. All right, uh, real quick, these are just the important dates that should be remembered. The 9th of July is the last time we could, last day to award the cup. That's what they say as of now. July seventeenth, we have to, and we're gonna, we'll do the cracking. That's next week, but. July 17th uh, is when the protection lists are due for all NHL teams. Next week, Mark and I are going to talk about the crack in the draft and who we think should be on that protection list, factoring in things like we talked about UFAs, this and that. Um, First round of the NHL draft is July 23rd, July 24th, second and through the seventh rounds, and uh, free agency starts July 8th. So things are heating up quick in short order in an even shorter season. I don't know. I this week we were going to do a little preview of the Kraken thing, but I think we'll just flip that till next week and we'll just talk about that and we'll talk about our protection lists uh, unless you want to touch on that real quick. Um, we ju- Just as a reminder of how things worked, but we're going to flip that till next week. Um, I don't know. It's been a crazy week in hockey. There's been more drama in the NHL this week. And last week we've had some suspensions. We obviously had whatever the hell the, I mean, you should have had a real housewives of freaking tri county, whatever going on. Uh, I, I just think it's funny. And you know what? I think more teams should tell the end the NHL to fuck off sometimes, which seems ridiculous. Cause really Bettman and all of them are really just doing what the board of governors and them want. So I need, I'm going to need the players and the fucking owners to Get this shit together on some of this stuff. It's it's just ridiculous. You can And it's so funny to see how everyone reacts to these things. But that being said, we are in the last couple games for the Bruins. Season's wrapping up. As always, you should always pay attention to uh, what's going on at blackandgoldhockey.com. And next week, I promise I'll be a better me than I am right now. Poor Mark's trying to get rid of me, but he is better put together than me. So what do you have for this week's in Bruins history?
2: On uh, this day, and this is just for you, it's not – well, it it is a Bruins thing too. Uh, On this day in 1994, rookie Martin Brodeur recorded his first career playoff shutout as the Devils blanked the Bruins 2 to nothing in Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Pretty funny.
0: I love Martin whatever.
2: Uh, on this day in 1974, and these are uh, the f- the first one was from Mike Comito. This is from Mike Comito on his Twitter account. Follow him at Mike Comito. On this day in 1974, Bobby Clark scored the overtime winner in Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Final, giving Philadelphia its first ever win in Boston. Interesting.
1: Very interesting. Uh,
2: from the awesome Mike Comito, again, on this day in 2013, Chris Blackley, listen up. David Krejci scored his second career playoff hat trick, including the game winner as the Boston Bruins defeated the Maple Leafs 4-3 in overtime in game four of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals.
1: That was good times. Yeah, that was
2: good times. it was. Yeah,
1: it was. Krejci, I love you, David Krejci. I can <laughs> love that dude. You're my favorite check dude ever. Um it's going to be a wild ride in on out, right? Lots of stuff, lots of playoffs. Hopefully the Bruins take a deep run. We don't know what's going on. Um, we always, though, you always want to, you know, shout out, shout outs to everyone, all the great writers, listen to all the podcasts yes. and that. But Mark always likes to definitely take the time to recognize our Patreons.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We have a Patreon account going on. If you want to get involved, it's only a dollar per episode. Every time we record an episode, you get charged a dollar, and it's it's a $4 to $6 investment every month. But what you could win is a signed, hand-signed photo from a former Bruin, a hand-signed jersey from a former Bruin or current Bruin, or hand-signed pucks. And we give away a Bruins-related item every week. This week, we're going to do three because I need, to, I need to get caught up here, and I'm sorry for the ones that have uh, missed episodes and so on. It's just been a little crazy going at the, uh, the Black and Gold Studios. A lot of things happening, so sometimes I, I need to take a step back from certain things, but I'm getting caught up now. This week's winner, um, three winners, are David Price, Ashley Loiselle, and Michelle Grimm. Uh, Michelle's a fantastic, uh, and David's awesome, and so is uh, Ashley. All great Boston Bruins fans. So, I have something for you coming in the mail shortly. I will be in touch uh, with shipping details. So, lots of good things happen. And, like I said, please uh, help us. Um, you know, what we do is we take 50% of your investment into us and turn it over into winnings. So, um I don't. Ha- I think I do. I'm going to cause an avalanche here, so I'm not going to pull it out. But we next week, August, uh, May 16th, we're giving away the Derek Sanderson hand-signed jersey to some really awesome financial supporter of our Patreon um, uh, community. So if you want, details are right there, folks. Sign up as soon as possible. Get yourself involved, and I might be sending you a hand signed jersey from a, a Boston Bruins great, and one that assisted Bobby Orr on the 1970 Stanley Cup. And um, you know he's just a, a still a class act even today. And man, what a what a uh, career that guy's had and story. So
1: yeah, personality. Yeah. In there. <laughs> that being said, women out there, happy, happy Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Happy Mother's have, Day. Have, have a congratulations drink. to. Have a drink. By the, way, Wayne, by the way, by the way, you date. like my new hat? I do like you it. It's got the new newsies.
2: style going on here. Great you know? news on a mission.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah women's go. worlds have been rescheduled. We've didn't just yes. quick mention on that. and I think August or whatever, which is great because they had been canceled. So remember, girls run the world. No, I'm just kidding. Um, seriously, follow every follow everyone. Check out blackgold.com, follow me, follow Mark, follow all the craziness. I have um I, again, a personal apology for whatever the hell happens. Remember it's not Mark's fault. He can only work with what I gave him and I was not my, like, the best me, but, uh, yeah. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday to you. By the time we talk again, yes. we're going to both have our second shot. Yes, exactly. Shots.
2: exactly. And, uh,
1: love you guys. And thank you for listening to us out there.
2: All right. Everybody, thank you again for listening. Uh, Please rate and review. We certainly appreciate it. Give the five stars. Say something good. Say something bad. Whatever. But the five stars are huge. Um, And thanks again to our Patreon financial supporters. You guys are absolutely amazing. We have some more stuff coming. I'm talking to Bruce right now. We got Andy Moog jersey possibly in the works. Uh, And and probably some other giveaways too. So uh, lots of good things. But anyway. Mark Allred for Heather Ingerson. I want to say goodbye. Be safe. Go Bruins. Two games to go. Two games to go. Two playoff games that need to be played as playoff style. No excuses. You come into any of these two games with the Rangers game that you played on Saturday, we are not going to have a very good first round of the playoffs. I can guarantee you that. So, with that being said, peace the F out.
1: Bye.